This is Space Cats Peace Turtles, the unofficial podcast for Fantasy Flight's Twilight Imperium. Episode 161, The Necrovirus Strategy Guide. Music by Ben Prunty, featuring Matt Martins and Hunter Donaldson. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday, Hunter. It's your birthday when this releases. It's not your birthday right now. Happy birthday, Hunter. Thank you. (laughs) Uh, With age has come great maturity. I'm older now, and I've become an older man, and this is my older man voice, so there you go, 31. <laughs> oh, feels like yesterday when I was uh, born in the hospital. My doctor's name was Ron, and I peed on him. That was my first act. Can you act that out for me? What did that sound like when you were, when you were born? And, it sounded and... like this. It sounded like, hello, Ron. <laughs> That's not the effect I thought you would do. I thought you'd, you know, go the other way. Hi, it's Space you, you Cats, Peace Turtles. What, way? What, what do you mean? Oh, please turn it off. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's, well, turn what off? Hunter got a new <laughs> toy, and he's very impressed with it, and we're all happy, and I'm very glad that oh, he gets to use it. Oh, there's something wrong with my audio? Is that what you're saying? There's yeah. something wrong with the audio? Here, well, wait, let me see if Man. I can fix it. I, I think I got it. At it, some point, this bit will finally retire. What are you talking about? What bit? There's not a bit. It's not a bit. You're away. I think I've got it fixed. Okay. Yeah. And then he's going to go two up and then it's going to be a different thing. What do you mean different thing? (laughs) (laughs) Hunter, right now, will you go ahead and announce our extra life stream? Just go ahead and give it to me. Hey, everybody. So we're doing extra life this year. Uh, It's very exciting. November 7th, we will be streaming all day. Uh, 24-hour stream. The uh, donations go to the Arkansas Children's Hospital. We I are, think you're right. We I are, sound weird in my... We are going so to get so many comments about how annoying this is. Uh, and I can't wait, honestly, because there's nothing... How annoying what is? I don't understand. I what you're can't doing. do it anymore. We're probably going to play... Uh, we're definitely playing the Hunter Donaldson fan club game of the Twilight Imperium Reverse Franken, where you make really bad factions for each other. We'll probably play some Root. Uh, we're definitely going to get in a normal game of TI. Uh, we're going to do this really funny thing where we build our new PCs live on stream. We're just going to build them. That'll be fun. Yeah, uh, it's going to be cool. We're going to build new PCs. I'm really excited about it. God bless America. <laughs> you are- I'm just trying to get you to quit the show live on the air <laughs> right now. I'm trying to get you to walk Push away me and everybody else out. <laughs> All right, I'm done. I won't do that again. So, ever again. Uh, I'll never do that again, I promise. <laughs> he got it out of his system. He did one stream and one just episode. Just one more. You're right. Just one more. Okay, just one a second. More. We'll wait. What's wrong? Nothing. Is there something wrong? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I'm good now. Uh, so, yes, uh, please join us November 7th. I don't know. We're starting probably like 10 a.m. or 11 a.m. Central Time. Uh, something like that and then we're gonna go 24 hours it's gonna be 24 straight hours of us streaming yeah all kite all types of stuff it's gonna be weird um yeah we'll we'll build new computers we'll play board games in the flesh we're gonna we're so we're we're gonna try and do snl rules 
and get tested yeah. and be in the same room for this hopefully yeah we'll see um unless yeah. i have covid and then well i mean right, what do right. you do? and let's be real it would be you yeah you know what me. i mean i'm the it's one, not me yeah i'm perfect <laughs> but today literally is, perfect for now for now we've got our 16th out of 17 uh base game faction guides to do it's necro time baby i really wanted to save this one for last um yeah but yeah, Arborek, Arborek's the one that actually needs a little bit of work. We gotta, we gotta really get like maybe more than one game of Arborek, and we're both gonna play Arborek in preparation for that next week. Well, uh, Arborek isn't good, and Necro yeah. is a good faction. So right. it's like, it's like with the good factions, it's like to a certain extent, especially Necro. It's like there's so many resources out there. I mean, like instead of listening to this episode, you could just go read the Magi yeah. like masterpiece. Yeah, uh, be the tortoise, not the hare. Uh, one of the most influential pieces of Twilight Imperium writing of all time. I mean, oh I, I don't need to tell you about my foam <laughs> finger, but I am wearing it um, and all my other gear. Uh, and, and Magi's not even in any kind of tournament or anything right now, and I'm still just kind of cheering them on. Yeah. So but you could just read that instead of wa- listening to this. You could. Hopefully, this off. isn't a rehash of that. I mean, just I didn't. Off, I didn't just read it this week, so I don't. I actually just don't turn have, it off and go read Magi's just, thing, dude. Come on, just turn off the episode. Uh, but no, let's let's do it. Let's talk about Necro. Like Hunter said, they're they're freaking good. So uh, they're you know we don't have to belabor as many points because we're not trying to solve as many problems. But before we really dig into all that, well, can, can can I go ahead and say mm. that if if the reason that you're here is to hear us talk about all of the tech oh, options yeah. for the faction techs, yeah. just go listen to every other episode. Here's what we'll do. Here's what done. I'll promise you right now. Um, and I will not promise you when this happens, but I'll promise you that we will do it someday. After Prophecy of Kings has released, we will try to do a every possible combination of Necrotech episode with all the 24 yeah. factions. Like we'll think of every single busted faction tech combo we can muster and we'll do that as like its own independent goofy episode totally so totally. that's that's where that, that will go but right now there's no point we're literally like a month away from prophecy of kings so this guide couldn't be more useless let's do it <laughs> yeah let's do it let's let's make let's make something let's uh, make something right now so the necrovirus starts with one dreadnought one carrier one cruiser two fighters, two infantry, and the tech Dax of Animators. And technically, they start with both of their Valifar faction techs, but that is because their Valifar faction techs have to work in such a specific way, so they don't count as faction-specific technologies until you actually copy someone else's factions. But this is all, we're already in the weeds, right? We've already necroed. <laughs> the The rules have already gotten confusing and we only just described their starting units. So, yeah, that's fair. <laughs> um, so outside of that, they've got three commodities and a home system that is a four zero, a single planet home system we love and a four resources means we can pay for tech except for even that's going to get weird. We can't go 30 seconds in this episode with running into weird stuff. Yeah, the, the the Necrovirus is a faction that plays uh, by its own rules. <laughs> and I would say, if I had designed Twilight Imperium, you wouldn't be so lucky as to have gotten a faction like right. the Necrovirus. I'll go ahead and tell you that. If this was Hunter Donaldson's Twilight Imperium, <laughs> I would have looked at the Necrovirus and been like, too hard, not going to do it. I only like bread and butter. 
I like, so. I like, yeah, this is going to be a real meat and potatoes game <laughs> is what I would have said. It'd be like three factions will do it. Yeah. And definitely nothing as weird as the Necrovirus. Yeah. Let's read their abilities, though. I love it. Uh, their first ability is Galactic Threat. You cannot vote on agendas. Once- <laughs> like, okay, well, wait, I just want to stop you right there. Okay. So... <laughs> Imagine, this is one of those fun things to imagine that you don't know what Twilight Imperium is and you're picking up a faction sheet because you're curious. You're like, what? This is just like the Arborek one that just reads like, yeah, don't, you don't get a horrible. Yeah. And it's like, you're, you're picking this up and you're like, oh, I'll play as this virus. And the first sentence is, you can't vote on agendas. That's just so mean. Why did they have to put that sentence first? Right. Uh, once per agenda phase after an agenda is revealed, you may predict aloud the outcome of that agenda. If your prediction is correct, gain one technology that is owned by a player who voted how you predict- predicted. So it is just like the writer action cards with the extra caveat that you only copy tech from the people who voted the way you predicted. Uh, it's a great way to get free tech without exhausting anything, right? You just use this ability. Uh, notably here, once per agenda phase means between the two agendas you have to pick one right and mm-hmm. so I, and the same thing goes with all um all writers you're aiming for four and against you want the 50 50 shot over something like an elect planet or an elect player that just drastically reduces your odds of getting the correct prediction so if the first agenda isn't for and against you basically should not use this ability on that agenda like no matter what unless you are specifically running blocker and you want to scare people away from one of the options yeah but, yeah, Even then, I, like I don't think this is that scary for people. This is not as scary as an Imperial writer or even a tech writer. Somebody else getting like a totally new tech is different than Necro getting the tech copied from somebody else in the game. I don't know. Yeah, Depends we'll on who's talk. Voting. We'll, we'll talk about what you can do with this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like there's there's different ways to kind of negotiate with this little piece. Their uh, next ability is technological singularity. Once per combat, after one of your opponent's units is destroyed, you may gain one technology that is owned by that player. This is space combat. And then the ground combat is a separate combat. And if there's two or three planets in that system, each ground combat is a different combat. So you can get up to three techs, four if you're in Hakan's home system, four if we're in the future and we're in Prophecy of King's territory with three planet systems. You can get lots and lots of tech if you start winning fights. Yeah. But of course, I mean... And that's the only way you get it. So yeah, there you that's, go. that's your only option because propagation is your third ability. You cannot research technology. When you would research a technology, gain three command tokens instead. And this is the key of what makes Necrovirus feel busted wide open. Uh, they have this amazing ability to convert uh, resources into command counters and their influence. They can, you know, they can just save all of it for... Uh, leadership they they get more command counters than anybody can freaking deal with and honestly they get more tech than anybody can deal with because they have no throttle on the speed at which they get tech all all, the only thing holding them back is how often they can destroy units not even win fights just destroy units so we're already ahead on two different of the i hate always calling them resources because we have resources i wish there was another term but sure the components the things inside twilight imperium we are ahead on two of those command counters and tech we don't start ahead on tech, but we'll get there. And we don't, nec- we, I mean, we start even on command counters, but we'll definitely get there. So we're already the recipe for a very good faction because we just have lots of stuff. Uh, throw in there, probably the best flagship in the game. Hunter, thoughts? Um, Not, probably not the best flagship, yeah. but definitely a fan favorite and probably in the top three. Or and top one of five. the top must builds, I would say. 
Yeah, the, the so it's called the Elaster, and it is uh, uh as a fl- the raw flagship stats are bad actually. Yeah, it hits sure. two on a nine, uh, movement one, capacity three, but it has probably the coolest um, ability, which is at the start of a space combat, choose any number of your ground forces in this system to participate in that combat as if they were ships. Any number, yeah, okay. That's n- that not subject to fleet pool. Right. Not subject to anything. Just, just they freaking fly off the planet <laughs> and just start taking shots. Yeah. So crazy it, good. And 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 also just to remind you, you can have an unlimited right. number of. Well, actually, there is a limit. It's a hundred and ninety nine. People don't know that, <laughs> but a lot of people don't know that. But and they were gonna make it two hundred, but then they thought it'd be funnier if it was one hundred and ninety nine. Right. Right. So you can have up to one hundred and ninety infantry. 199, sorry, infantry Um, on a planet. And with your four resources planet, you have a pretty good production center at home, which means it's really not that hard to stockpile infantry all game. I mean, if every single time you build at home, you do at least two infantry, by the the end of the game, you are literally kind of guaranteed. All you need in the late game is a flagship and a big old stack of infantry, and basically people can't carve through that. There's there's just not much anybody can do about it. Uh, It's pretty great. They have a promissory note antivirus at the start of a combat. Place this card face up in your play area. While this card is in your play area, the Necro player cannot use their technological singularity faction ability against you. If you activate a system that contains one or more of a Necro player's units, return this card to the Necro player. That means that they cannot steal tech, not steal, but they cannot copy tech from you. You become a target that is no longer worth anything to them outside of mm-hmm. the planets that they might get from you or whatever. That You become a normal player to the Necro instead of a potential tech siphon. Um, this yeah. one's okay. It's one of those ones where it's like it's so focused specifically on the Necro that it's like, well, it loses a couple points, but also the Necro's threat of that technological singularity ability is so constant that this sometimes is quite useful, and especially for factions that know they're going to get some tech that would be incredibly juicy for you to have. They really want to get a hold of it. Something like Jolnar with E-Res Siphons doesn't necessarily want you to get E-Res Siphons unless the two of you are going to sure. be, you know, weird. Um, There's also... There's a thing about it that I actually think makes it a little weaker uh, than it could be, which is the fact that support swaps are so common Mm -hmm. in TI meta. So, like, I think the fact that this exists and that you're likely going to swap supports with somebody means that if you give it out to somebody that there's probably going to be two players by the end of this game that you can't get tech from. And that that's kind of a bummer. Right. That's the only thing about it. I think if it had a slightly different effect... Yeah, that was a little more workable. I think we would see it uh, traded a lot more. As of now, I feel like it doesn't get traded that much. Yeah, yeah, it's one that pe- someone at the table might want more than you're willing to give it to them. So then it just becomes mm-hmm. untradeable because it's like eh, it's not. It, you can't pay me enough to get it off of me for what it what uh, what I would lose for it. Right. Uh, they also, like we sort of mentioned earlier, they have two Valifar assimilators, one Y and one X. They read essentially the same, which is when you would gain another player's technology. Using one of your faction abilities, you may use the assimilator token on a faction technology owned by that player instead. While that token is on a technology, this card gains that technology's text. You cannot place an assimilator token on a technology that already has an assimilator token. So you can't get Magion implants twice. But we'll talk about it later. There's some kind of weird stuff you can do with Valifar Assimilator. The big trick here is remembering that you have the Valifar Assimilator card and the logic of it is that its text now reads the text of the ability you are copying. That's going to be important later. But just remember, 
you know, the TTS meta is to just like literally make a copy of the card and put it in your play area and you have that instead. But there's an important caveat to that that you have to remember with Valifar. So we'll sidebar that, but Valifar also gets super, super weird uh, if you want to let it get that way. But let's get into the early game Hunter uh, strategy cards. Do we want to, do we want to, we got two of these left, Hunter. Do we run it just leadership through Imperial or do you want to start with your top picks? How do we do it? Ooh, that sounds fun. Let's start with the top pick and go down. I love it. That just might be more fun. <laughs> um, so this is just round one. Uh, I think these things, I don't know, like Necro is a good faction and I just want to kind of reiterate some things we've said in the past when it's a good faction, it's probably, uh, just as important to pay attention to the specific scenario as it is to maybe listen to some general advice about it. But there are a couple things to note about Necro in general when it comes to strategy cards, which is overall, for most of the game, trade and leadership are kind of your bread and butter um, for some kind of obvious reasons. Um, one being like, we want to have a high plastic advantage, so trade is just going to translate to us having more money. Right. Money is good. The fact that we don't really have to worry about tech means that we can basically inherently get ahead on plastic. Um, and trade kind of doubles down on that, which is good. Leadership is also good because uh, we are a faction that has a very easy time uh, making, getting ahead on command counters. Mm -hmm. uh, because of our ability to also use tech as like a second way to get command counters, we just are never really in danger of running out. I mean, like, I there's a game uh, that I will have uploaded to YouTube or in the be in the process of uploading to YouTube as you hear this where I had a slice that essentially had no influence in it, and that wasn't even a problem. Right. But let's get to my round one picks, because they're a little bit different than just like leadership and trade, because there are some exceptions to round one. Yeah. Uh, technology, I think I'm going to say, is the top pick. Yeah. Um, I would say it's kind of a light top. Uh, those of you listening to this that are excited to write your dissents, <laughs> um, I would say the, the next strategy card is close to as good. Um, yeah. But let's talk about tech first. What's cool about it is you can't get stalled out of warfare, um, which is kind of the only bad thing that can happen to you round one. Yeah. I mean, what else could happen that would be bad? Your right. necro. Like, yeah. The, the whole thing here is you start with only two infantry. You technically, you have one and a half carriers, right? The dread can carry one unit. So if, you're, if your slice is two planets right next to home and then a single planet system right next to home, and like that's kind of already all you plan to get. All you need is one infantry now, but that kind of still means yeah. you, you need warfare. And ideally, you'd get two carriers on the board anyways. So we basically need to treat ourselves like a 1C2I that needs to become 2C4I faction. We, we need the carrier and we need two infantry. I want to call out something uh, that someone said in Priorata. I can't remember exactly who it is. Hopefully you can, yeah. Matt. But um, there is a temptation to want to send the Dreadnought one direction and the carrier another direction. And it's always a lot stronger to send the carrier and the Dreadnought together in one direction preferably like towards mechatol rex yeah. depending on the, the shape of everything um and then building a second carrier at home to go you know get that side system or whatever right. uh, depending on right. everything that i don't know but uh i think i think that is preferable and that's another reason that i really like tech is making it that much harder for you to be warfare stalled meaning means that uh you can afford to do the kind of optimal opening of just like move carrier and dreadnought out together, yep. uh, send a trade ship, uh, pop tech, right. uh, voila, 
and that was the death most likely happened. the defteris gave us that very very valuable thank you uh, pre erotic yeah don't split up the dreadnought and carrier why why even go there you you don't need to um and and tech is just so nice because already tech is like one of those things that it's hard to get stalled out on right but tech yeah. also is getting you three command counters so even if the warfare holder is like crazy good at stalling you're not going to get stalled out. Like if you if you decide you want to burn the command tokens, which you know maybe at least one burned command token is worth it. Uh, you're you just cannot get stalled. So it's it's very very nice. Uh, you you save your four resources for all of the units. Uh, ideally, you get you know maybe two trade goods off a trade uh, and get a little bit more. So it's just a very good way to uh, assert your plastic dominance while also getting ahead on command counters, which are the two things we really love getting ahead on and we're very good at. Uh, so tech feels good. Hunter, next up you've got trade. Trade you've said yep. already is good all game. Um, is it is it that it's worse round one or is it just that tech is so much better specifically round one that it puts it ahead of it? Yeah, I, th I think it's a close call between the two of them. Uh, I think... You could make an argument that uh, Necro is super simple, and all you need to do is take trade every single round. I right. believe there was a there was a phase that's what where Magi people said did, that, right? that. Yeah, for a while that was like what just people said in general. Um, I do think that the warfare thing kind of gives uh, Necro a little extra oomph. But yeah, so what's really great about trade though is we we go ahead and double down on us getting ahead on plastic, and we also have like our um, trade goods set aside to start using them for negotiating yeah. um, when it comes. And and you might be thinking like, why would we negotiate? We're like a mean, evil faction. That's not actually really how Necro is played at this point. I think there was a point in time with TI3 where the idea was like, you want to go strike at your neighbor as soon as possible. And I would say at this point, that's kind of dead. Like people don't really play it that way. Yeah. Um, people definitely play aggressive, but it's, but it's more of a mid to late game kind of thing. Now it's all about getting some trade goods in your bank so that you can kind of buy your way in to getting some early tech uh, without it like really threatening your neighbors yeah. or, or making anyone mad. The idea of destroying a piece of plastic and then kind of compensating the person or even paying them extra is like fairly common. Do we want to explain what a nibble is at this point? Because we're kind of referencing it without we, actually We saying. could keep in mind, we will talk about this more later when we get to trading and meta. We'll, we'll go more in depth on this, but you will hear in the community people say, I'm going to go nibble on some uh, units for tech or whatever. That It literally just means like something like sending a little cruiser out. Cruiser is going to hit better than the single fighter or the destroyer in that system, right? Let's say there's just a destroyer. You send the cruiser out. It's decent odds that you'll get a hit before they will. Um, yeah. And so, and, and you know, I mean, usually they'll protect it a little bit. Maybe it's two cruisers that go out there or whatever. But the nibble is just like a, hey, look, I'm picking off this one unit. It's not even going to cost you that much. It's not ruining your game. I would not consider attacking someone else's carrier a nibble, right? Because that's that costs them the carrier that's going to transport the infantry. That's going to hurt their game. But killing one destroyer, hey, buddy, li listen, let me let me tell you, this is just a little thing I got to do. It's the only way I get tech. Come on, let me in there. It's the way people have softened the blow of taking tech from someone else and and you you turn it into a negotiation now you say listen if you park that destroyer there i'll go nibble it later and that saves me having to hurt you even more later if you turtle up i'm gonna i'm gonna do the fight and i have a better plastic advantage you and i'm gonna win so for now just like let me just let me nibble let me just do a little nibble yeah that's exactly that's exactly what it is um do we want to talk about the next uh next strategy card yeah so those two are 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 sort of 
on a whole rung above, right? And then it's a bit of a drop <laughs> down to what else we want. Um, sure. So our mid tiers uh, up up at the top of that is what leadership kind of like eking it out. I don't know how much of a lead leadership has on on our other options, but command counters are good. I mean, I I think I put leadership next just because it feels really um, it feels like there's a lot of let's say there's a bunch of unknown variables mm-hmm. that I can't account for. Like maybe you have a really good spot for a forward dock. Yeah. Uh, maybe, I don't know, maybe you're just the type of player that wants to do the secondary of politics. Maybe someone took diplomacy and you can do something fun with that. Yeah. Like, I feel like that's why I'm kind of giving it um, the edge over, you know, what we're going to talk about next would be like warfare. Yeah. Um, but what I really like about leadership is that, you know, you're still kind of unstallable. I mean, someone could make you waste a command counter, but that's about the best they could do when it comes to warfare. And really, like I said, like that's our only weakness. Yeah. Uh, round one, it also allows us to go ahead and start maybe thinking about banking one in our fleet supply. Although I will say like, that's a bit unnecessary, I think, unless like, let's say someone t- took diplomacy and you want to build like a pretty massive yeah. fleet for some reason, like you're going for some sort of cheesy, like, I'm going to build four destroyers or something like that. You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. Which is actually like maybe a little silly, but not the craziest thing to have like a little destroyer fleet running around, like picking off uh, fighters. We're going to talk later about how cool destroyer two is as an upgrade for Necro, because it allows you to just like go out there and get some easy tech. But honestly, like having a lot of destroyers could kind of make sense as yeah. well i i think i like just getting ahead on command counters and then this status phase i might put one on fleet supply i don't need to put one on fleet supply right away let me keep my sure. options open for round one and then i'll probably add the fourth into fleet supply for next round when i might actually want to do a big build or i might want to collapse on some, you know maybe my first really great opportunity to jump on someone is in round two I, it can happen so yeah I, I think just getting ahead on the ccs is nice and and hunter i like that point about it's more about it keeps all of your options open. It's just the most versatile thing. And Necro is nothing if not versatile. That's like their whole thing. So why not keep up with that? It's Uh, worth noting though, that basically what I just said about the versatility of leadership though, also applies to tech. Yeah. So like, if you're wondering why I gave it the top spot, I'm literally giving leadership the third spot and tech does that plus another thing. So that's what makes uh, tech so good, especially around one later on, maybe less. So let's talk about warfare as kind of our fourth pick. Hunter, you've been really kind of uh, kicking warfare in the face recently. You, you, You have been really putting it further and further down the ladder. You seem to be not very impressed. Is there a way we can explain what's happening with warfare meta? Um, well, I, I think it really just comes down to like a lot of the time, uh, stalling warfare Mm -hmm. doesn't lead to an optimal play. So if you're not stalling warfare, then it seems like everybody else is kind of getting a better deal than you. Right. But I wouldn't say that I'm necessarily saying that in all situations, warfare is bad. Right. There are obviously still some pretty obvious situations where warfare is very good, um, I wouldn't say that Necro is one of those factions, though, that can easily stall warfare and then still get like an optimal opening out of it for themselves. Um, it's mostly just because, like we've already established with what the Deftra said, the optimal opening to me is sending the Carrier and the Dreadnought out together. So if we do that, we're basically saying like we do not have the ability right. to stall warfare. 
So in this way, I feel like people are getting the better end of the deal. However, it's worth noting, like, yeah, maybe I'm knocking it down a few pegs, but it's just a few pegs. Yeah. I'm not saying it's at the bottom. No, I'm just saying still, it's in the middle. Right. It's still fine. It's still good. Um, I, I think the big thing is that, yeah, we've we've really just... just I, I feel like Warfare just suffers from that same thing that Diplomacy suffers from, is that sometimes it's better for everybody else to have Warfare. And I think as Necro, you pull things off better when you're doing the secondary of Warfare than you do doing the primary of Warfare. And it just doesn't right. quite... It's fine, but it doesn't work out as good as the things you can do with getting ahead in some other economy and still doing the secondary of Warfare. So you're basically still doing Warfare. Here's, here's the other problem with it, um, actually that I, I feel like needs to be said before we move on is the only upside to warfare um, outside of what we kind of just talked about is that it can set you up for Mechatol Rex, right? Yeah. And we actually do have the type of plastic opening where like maybe we could get away with that, right? Um, the problem is that oftentimes warfare is picked before politics, meaning that in round two, your speaker position is always so poor that there's basically no way that you're going to win the Mechatol race. Right. Um, and we're not a faction that gets gravity drive early unless by some miracle. Right. So I guess what I'm saying is in some sort of weird situation where politics has been picked before warfare, maybe it's worth it. Yeah. Uh, but that also depends on a couple other factors. Like, are you actually going to be able to afford to take the custodian's token and, you know, so on and so forth. Yeah, yeah. But, uh, but that's not traditionally how it works out. So uh, warfare generally gets picked in like the first two or three. So I would say if you're Necro and you're you're in that position, I would much sooner take trade or tech or leadership, obviously, if I'm yeah. in that position. Yeah. Uh, speaking of bad at custodians and warfare, maybe getting you there, politics is our next option. And we're just not really a custodians faction because we don't, right. we cannot reliably get gravity drive. So getting the speaker token and then taking leadership round two to get Mechatol isn't, I mean, it can happen, if, and if you see how it's going to happen, yeah, sure, cool, set up for it. If 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 Ghosts is to your right or whatever, and you can, like, guaranteed mm -hmm. get a nibble on their opening destroyer, awesome, go for politics. But beyond that, it's pretty unreliable that you're going to do it, and there's nothing that we need round two. So, you know, politics is just, like, not necessarily getting ahead on any of the economies we care about. We're not, like, a... We don't have a need for action cards even. So, you know, all we're getting is just action cards in general. There's nothing like desperate that we're looking for. So it's it's fine. There's nothing wrong with it. You're going to get speaker token. You're going to get something decent. But there's nothing we're trying to solve with politics like we are with some other factions. Yeah, I, I would pretty put it pretty low. I think you just made actually the, probably the best case that you could make for it, which is the whole ghost thing. Yeah, because one thing that's interesting about ghost and just interesting about playing Necro in general is that a lot of the time when you're trying to get that early tech, um, the retreat step becomes like hugely important, <laughs> right. right? Because if if someone can retreat, then you might be sending a cruiser to a space and you're not even going to get anything for it. What's great about Ghost is that, especially round one, they traditionally are sending their destroyers out to somewhere where there's absolutely no way they can retreat from right, there. Right. Unless they've been really smart about <laughs> it. In which case, if they can retreat, then it's like, well. So actually, the scenario you kind of just laid out there, I could see that coming up maybe yeah. more often than you'd think if Necro and Ghost are even are in the same game. Well, and you might so even know, that could bump it up. A you little might bit. even be able to negotiate. This is again where some of the like tech negotiations happen with Necro, where it's like, listen, Ghost, if you send that towards me, not only can we do some trading, but after we trade, I'll come in and I'll nibble up that destroyer that's out in the middle of nowhere for you. And I'll get Gravity Drive done with, and then you and I don't have to have a problem. I don't care about the rest of your tech, probably. So yeah, I just I want though, your Gravity Drive. 
I would say though, in that world, if I am ghosts and I'm playing against Necro and they've taken politics round one and they're trying to get to yeah. negotiate this with me and I'm going to give Necro one of the, support for the you throne. know, much better, not support for the throne, but no, I want, I want them to give me support for the throne. Oh, I see what you're in, saying. Yeah, in, you're, in, re in response of your politics, you're going to come get my gravity drive. Fine. I want you to I put your money where your mouth is. Don't attack me the rest of the game. Give me your support for the throne. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, yeah. That's probably that's too much. Even <laughs> right, but, uh, right. Yeah, I actually just got annoyed that you asked <laughs> that I asked that, that and we're not in a yeah. game. <laughs> yeah, we're not even in a game. And How I'm just dare like, you Ugh. try to request Support that for me? For, yeah, obviously not. Let's get but into yeah, the. So I, I just feel like custodians isn't going to work out yeah, for you most no, of the time. Probably not. Uh, let's get into the bottom rung. Right at the at the bottom of the pack. If we're six pick, it's always between Diplo and Construction. Uh, sometimes Diplo actually has been eking out for us, especially when we have four resources at home. So this fits those two bills. But are we are we feeling hot on Diplo at all? Um, so some people tried to make some cases for it. Uh, I'm gonna say that new Diplo and construction are are tied. Mm -hmm. um, I kind of lean construction because we've kind of established that you know there's a reason for us to get ahead on plastic. Like we are like one of the most space risk. Yeah factions in the game and it's like by design obviously we don't have we don't, we don't have to worry about paying for tech and we literally have to fight to get tech so obviously we need to be kind of plastic focused right um so in my head a forward dock especially an early forward dock that kind of hunter's law of efficiency to it uh seems pretty useful people like to make uh the argument in the pre errata that getting the you know if you get kind of the, the it's not really a magic christmas land i shouldn't be mean about it but it's like <laughs> if you can get the seven dollar diplo you know that that is worth it i think that's a little bit win more yep. over the kind of reliability that's a great of way a forward dock yeah. yeah um because yeah you're gonna get ahead on plastic there's no rush like let's let's lay down some just like options for ourselves instead of being like we got to rush for that plastic as soon as we can it's like i i've, I've played necro plenty of times you'll you'll get it done yeah. don't worry about it <laughs> you'll you're get gonna, the plastic you'll get enough plastic well, and, out and, there and the whole thing is with diplo you might not get the plastic things can time out really terribly for you That's where true. you don't get much and so it's it sometimes diplo falls flat and why set yourself up for that disaster when construction can get you what you need we aren't a faction that's desperate so diplo isn't getting us much needed money that's going to be the thing that sets us over the top it's only getting more stuff on the board and like hunter just said you're going to get it it's fine why let everybody else get plastic advantages to fight against you by doing yeah. the secondary diplo and you don't money? have to worry about the secondary of tech so literally it's just the warfare person that you need to worry about yeah, at all right so like are you really going to take diplo and then like convince them to let you get more plastic when you already have a rep like that's a misplay yes, on their part right. you know what i mean if i'm if i take diplo as necro then i feel like the warfare person's got to be figuring out how to make sure i don't get that done exactly. which is almost impossible now i think about it but right, right. yeah so construction wins out, but not because construction is awesome. <laughs> but like a forward dock is fine. The, the, the reason people want to push back on it is because, you know, PDS isn't especially useful. The whole reason for that, we haven't covered this yet, but PDS and bombardment are not during combat. That's why destroyer twos are useful. AFB, any fighter barrage is during combat and that's when you steal tech. So if you get a hit on a PDS, you get nothing for it. If you get a hit from a bombardment, you get nothing for it. You're not actually looking for pre-fire hits. 
Um, unless it's already in, laid out that your flagship right. is like a defend your yeah. home system tactic. Like you're you're not a PDS on top of that. Just it's, it's useless. Just not They're necessary. never going to get yeah. there, so it doesn't matter. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I will say this though: if I if I do take the construction card round one. That PDS probably isn't going on my home system, yeah. to be honest. Yeah. It's probably Might going as well out put to protect it out. my forward dock. Exactly. Yeah, one with the dock and one on another planet that just is nice to have out there. You're probably not getting PDS too. I mean, you might. You might copy it. You never know what you're going to get, but it's just, it's not something you desperately need, and it kind of actively works against your goals of scoring hits in combat, um, especially I in the early and mid-game. Though, yeah, I just want to remind everybody, though, I'm tying yes. Diplo and construction. I'm not saying... Construction is better. I'm right. saying they both have their merits. Although I think con- what I am saying is that more often than not, I think construction will have the merit. But there are going to be times where Diplo is worth it. Diplomacy, okay? diplomacy is the gamble. That's all it is. Diplomacy sure. hits 75 sometimes, and sometimes it hits 25. Construction is always 50. <laughs> so you're, yeah, and, it's, it's just fine. And I want to lay this out because I don't want someone coming after me for like my kind of wishy-washy. Or I don't want someone saying I'm being wishy-washy about Diplo because I'm not. I just think that... If I'm playing a desperate faction, I'm going to cling to Diplo and right. say, no, you better be nice to me because yeah. I'll I'm and I'll try and make it worth your while. And that the trade off of that is worth it, because there's a lot of factions where if they don't get set up early, then they're never going to be doing well. Yeah. Well, Necro is not one of those factions. Right. So I can't make that excuse of Diplo being somehow viable, even though it gives everyone else an opportunity to do something goofy. Yeah. You know. I, I just yeah I, it doesn't doesn't sit well with me yeah so let's cover all of the the problems we've been solving for this whole time regardless of what strategy card we got or whatever uh, at the top we sort of said uh, you know we we covered the infantry right the whole idea is we need at least one infantry to get on that dreadnought and go somewhere but ideally we're not even doing that it's really not optimal to uh to to send the dreadnought out with a single infantry somewhere we would rather get the get the two c4i we're gonna need it anyways we want carriers we like carriers um so we want one c2i um and that needs to happen off warfare so no matter what focus on not getting stalled out and all that but what what are our other focuses going into like after you know going into round two or whatever what are we trying to pull off i mean not a lot it's a pretty nice start um really all you're thinking about is how you're going to get that first tech and you're probably not going to get it round one. You might not even get it round two, to be honest. And and that's not a huge problem. If round you come out of round two and you have no tech, right. I mean, it's not my favorite, but it's definitely, you're not, you're not doing anything wrong. Yeah. Um, but you, what you want to do is kind of spread those cruisers out because the cruisers, uh, the cruisers are pretty good early game for getting some nibbles. They're not perfect. Um, obviously if you have like a bunch of destroyers that can also work too, but you need to be looking at your neighbors and anticipating what tech they're going to get and trying to set up to, to get it. And, uh, we will, we'll talk more when we get to trading and meta about how exactly that looks. And we'll kind of run through the scenario of like, how do you sort of like pay for someone to let their stuff die yeah, so you right. can get a tech because it's very common and but it's pretty weird yeah. i mean if i could get in a time machine and go back to the beginning of ti4 and explained that that's how it was going to work out i probably it probably wouldn't have made sense to me yeah. especially with how we played ti3 but ti3 it's funny because ti4 the way it's evolved has felt very like online you know like yeah. the, the everything's been influenced by all these things that i think me and matt are so thematic that if we had just stayed in a bubble 
we never would have started playing Necro this way. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah, oh, definitely We would have just been like, no, we're going to be mean because yeah. we like that. I'm we're still afraid mean. of them. Ah! Yeah, yeah it, it, it's, it's an interesting faction in how people turned it into an economic... I mean, it, it is this, but they people really latched onto how much of an economic powerhouse it is outside of just being a, like, fight for tech, fight for tech. Right. It's like, well, it's, it, it, it's actually tools that just reinforce how good that can be. So, totally. speaking of fighting for tech, let's... Th- this is weird to do. This is hard to do because we don't we don't get to talk about tech paths as Necro. That doesn't exist, right? There's just... there's mm-hmm. you, you get good tech, right? Just do... Go out there and get some good tech. Duh. Right. But maybe we can at the very least point people in direction of techs to to be on the lookout for. Right. The biggest one, of course, is get gra- like any other faction, get gravity drive as fast as possible. This is the right. big thing with what Hunter was just talking about of getting ships into position and nibble. If I'm playing Necro, my my first goal is who has gravity drive or who's probably going to get gravity drive right away, and how can I get my cruisers in range of them so that I can get my own gravity drive as fast as possible. I really would love to have it by round two. Sometimes that's totally. impossible, but that's that is your goal. So I, more than anything, get gravity drive uh, because it's going to make your carriers better until you until you start getting unit upgrades. Gravity drive is the only thing that's going to help your mobility. And you don't have yeah. control over getting unit upgrades until everybody else does. And they're on a timer. You know, it takes them a little bit to get those things. So it's just, it's the only thing to help you with your game is getting gravity drive. Totally. So um, what else do we like? Yeah, well, so this isn't, there's no path here. Nope. We're just going to call out some um, specific tech and how they interact with Necro. Um, we've talked already a little bit about Destroyer 2. Let's just make it completely obvious what we mean by this. Um the fact that you can, if you have Destroyer 2, they can reliably kill, you know, a fighter. The right. odds are pretty good, right. uh, even a single Destroyer. So you can send a single Destroyer 2, even at like a full-on fleet, Yeah, and it's probably going to nibble something. So they're <laughs> right. like auto-nibblers, yeah. which is great. Um, so you're basically always guaranteed to get a tech off of uh, Destroyer. Which actually kind of works out to being the same price if you think about it, because the destroyer costs one, and then you got to send it somewhere, and that's a command counter yeah. that, that costs three. Um, so it ends up, you know, but, basically working but out to for be the you, same at that point. realistically, command counters are kind of cheaper. I mean, Magi's whole oh, two sure. resources equals three influence is in part based off of what Necro gets to do with tech. Oh, that, right. that yeah, equation yeah, yeah. came from Necro. So oh, the command counter plus the destroyer is kind of cheaper for you because really, command counters are are cheap for you you get them in surplus you get them in spades you're fine so yeah sending out a single destroyer two to somewhere with fighters you're probably going to do some damage uh, obviously totally. just keep an eye out for pds uh, if you send it into yeah. something with a pds screen you're it nope it's not going to work <laughs> uh next up on the list though uh, another blue tech fleet logistics this is much much lower on the list beyond the fact that it's just a really great tech like kind of one of the best techs in the game so it's it's always in a way useful um the reason it can be useful is as a first action, sometimes Necro has to strike while the iron is hot, like right out the gate, your first action in a round, you need to do two actions back to back. But the reason fleet logistics can be weird is because then a lot of times Necro spends the rest of their time like stalling and waiting and then doing all their actions after everybody has passed. So fleet logistics is this weird back and forth of sometimes it's great. Sometimes you only use it once a game. So uh, it's it's fine. But because you have those surplus command counters, sometimes you can use fleet logistics to do two strikes and not be like out for the round right you still have plenty yeah. of more command counters you're going to still do other stuff but you need to get in on those two planets right away asap or whatever 
Yeah. Also, I, I just, it's just a great tech. Yeah. Um, let's talk about infantry two. Um, I don't think you're always going to get infantry two no. and I don't want to make it sound like it is, you know, you have to get infantry two, but it is worth noting that infantry two interacts very nicely with your flagship, especially yeah. if you're using your flagship to just defend your home system, which I think is the most common use of it. Obviously it makes the infantry two hit harder, uh, which obviously applies to when they're in space. So they become like, they essentially go from being like better. They're like fighters with morale boost yeah. into like cruisers. fleets of cruisers, yeah. like impossibly large cruiser fleets, um, which is just insane. Um, cheap cruiser. Fle- they're just it's so nuts. <laughs> it's kind of ridiculous. Yeah. But, but the, but the other part of it is that whenever um, infantry two die, right. They roll and then might end up going back to the home system, which is where you need to collect a bunch of infantry anyways. Yeah. So that's pretty cool. It's like a self-fulfilling um, it, prophecy. I mean, you just get to, di- you just literally fill up your own engine. You like, we talked earlier about always building at home. If you build enough infantry everywhere and then you're doing stuff with them and they die and half of them go home after round three, you don't even have to build that many infantry at home and you're still getting right. a big stack. Like you don't have to waste any extra actions. You just get those, you know, you, you may be in a situation where once you build your Alistair at home, you never build at home again. If you have a good forward dock that you're just, that's what you build out of. And then you go send infantry to go do big attacks and a couple of them die or whatever. Like, I'm not saying definitely yeah. don't build at home. I'm just saying you can get so much extra that like you're very well protected at home without even doing anything. Yeah, Daddy wants to tell a story real quick. So I remember there was this game that it was like, um, I believe it was a tournament game, but I have no idea which game it was. And it may have not have even been our tournament. It was a necro game where they were winning and they had Mechtal Rex and they had their home system and they had a path to 10 and everyone on the table could see it. Mm-hmm. They were all like, okay. And they were all working as a team. It was that true like five versus one thing. And they all had a lot of plastic but because of infantry two, they couldn't figure out what to do <laughs> because they <laughs> were no like, solution. <laughs> we could all pile onto Mechatol Rex, which I believe the player needed to win. Uh-huh. But they could, they were like, if we pile on Mechatol Rex and we kill all of that stuff, it was like, if they could score their secret objective, it wouldn't even matter <laughs> because, well, actually, no, it wasn't the secret objective. It was that they had... They just had too many paths, and they were in this this situation where if they attacked Mechatol Rex, they were just going to reinforce the home system yeah. even more. Yeah. So they were like trying to. It was like literally getting in all their heads and making them kind of lose sight of like how exactly to take them down. It was it was such an insane game. I wish I could remember which one it is. Maybe uh, if somebody will please comment uh, the moment that I'm talking about. I think it's from the 14 point tournament. Yeah, I think it, um, I think it's what Jamon maybe pulled off or no, it, no it wasn't it wasn't that it game wasn't that no, no, no. anyways yeah. the, the point being one that's like what the key of the alistor does for you is like you can get into literally unstoppable positions because there's so many infantry on your home system that yeah pe- and, and and your targets elsewhere only protect your home system more and people just can't find a way around it let's get into some goofy stuff with tech uh and this is just because it's like crazy FAQ stuff. Honestly, if you're trying to learn Necro, you need to go pull open your rule book and you need to read the technology section about Necro and you need to go to the FAQ in the back of the Living Rules Reference 1.3 and read the stuff about Necro because there's super weird stuff uh, that can sometimes affect your game. This is like really weird sidebar stuff, but I just want to get it out of the way. First off, you can um, copy Dreadnought 2 from someone who has Dreadnought 2 and then later attack Sardak Nor and copy Exo Trireme 2 and you put you would put the Exo Trireme 2 on top of your Dreadnought 2 
you technically have both. Only one of them counts towards an objective, right? So if you need three unit upgrades, having two Dreadnought 2 upgrades does not count. That is one unit upgrade in it by itself. But if for some reason you decide to copy some other faction tech down the road and you want to get rid of Exo Trireme 2, you revert back to Dreadnought 2. So this doesn't come up often, but keep that in mind with your faction techs and your unit upgrades, what's happening with all of the stuff you're passing around because it can change what you're looking at, but you don't, you never lose tech except for your Valifars. That, that's a whole other thing. Speaking of Valifars, uh, <laughs> this is the weird one. Let's talk about Hunter kind of your game the other day, the, the one that people can watch on YouTube. Hunter got Magion Implants, the Asarl three green big tech where you get to as an action uh, exhaust the card and look at someone's hand of cards and action cards and steal a card, right? Uh, Valifar, the reason we said earlier that Valifar text, it's important to remember that you are interacting with the Valifar card, not the Magion card, is if I have Magion implants as the Necrovirus and I exhaust it, I exhaust the Valifar X card. Valifar mm -hmm. X is now exhausted for the round. That's it. You can do stupid, weird stuff where you then go attack Asarl. Uh, let's say you lose or, or attack somebody else. You can get rid of Magion on your Valifar X card. Then you can attack Asarl and regain Magion on your Valifar Y card that has not been exhausted. And you can do Magion twice. This is only important for like really crazy harebrained final round schemes where you like have to get an action card. But the point is just to instill in you how these Valifar techs work, because they're very, very confusing, especially for new players. The way that we play with them on TTS kind of messes up that. Like it like yeah. it makes it right. It makes it weirder. Yeah. It's it 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 because we're literally copying components and putting putting them in weird it, it spots. It makes it more confusing. Yeah. Because it should be that you're literally looking at the Valfar tech and they um they basically are a magic mirror version yes. of the other tech. Yeah. But, but it would be important to note that you can't lose your Magion tech, recopy it onto Valifar X that you exhausted earlier and still do Magion again. Valifar X is exhausted. You're mm -hmm. done using that. So that's that's the weirdness with all of your crazy tech stuff. Uh, I, I That is such a narrow cast, but it's it seriously does come up, especially in those like, I'm trying to make the craziest play happen, which boy, howdy, does Necro get to do that? You get to do like just, I mean, Hunter, your last two hours of your stream was like, I don't know. This is insane what I'm thinking of doing, but I guess I'm going to go for it. And yeah, it I can... would recommend the uh, the Necro game I played yeah. uh, this week. I mean, I wouldn't watch it if you think highly of me <laughs> because I stoop pretty low in the I'm not pleased with myself. Yeah. Um, but maybe maybe I've become a heel yeah. and now I'm I'm going to put winning above, over everything. Basically, <laughs> I think that might be my new persona is like all I care about is winning and I'll do anything. I'll yeah. I'll I'll lie to your face. I'll I'll come over and 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 cut your Internet so that you drop. And now I win by default. That kind of thing. Let's speaking of Hunter's new found evil. Uh, what is what what is meta as Necker? I feel like this Hunter. When we were prepping this, you joked that this could be the whole guide. Like we almost didn't have to do anything we've already sure. talked about so far. Th this is kind of everything. So we'll try to do this succinctly, I guess. But we could we could end up getting lost in the weeds here. But what are our goals in the meta game as the yeah. scary mean faction? So everybody's going to have 
uh, a lot of difference of opinion when it comes to like how exactly to like negotiate yeah. as necro um, because it's such like a weird thing that we do and also probably not really supported by the theme <laughs> like i don't think the theme of necro is that they send in their ship and they're like, okay, I'm going to pay for, I'm going to destroy some stuff, but I'm going to pay for it. Okay. I will reimburse Necro you. Are these little right. accountants that float yeah, around the galaxy. Doesn't really make any sense. Yeah. Um, but that's how they have. So basically I'll just, I'll, let's start out just like a basic scenario. So I'm trying to get attacked from somebody. They've got like a destroyer sitting somewhere. Let's say they have a destroyer sitting where and it can't retreat for me personally. If the destroyer can't retreat, I'm probably just going to go eat that. Yeah. I'm not going to give them any money right. or anything. I'm, 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 I'm a little bit mean in that situation. But if they can retreat, that's a completely different situation mm-hmm. to me. And in that situation, I'm going to I'm going to identify it. I'm going to say, "Hey, I'm going to go here and I'm going to destroy this destroyer. That's my plan." If I go there, can I give you money not to retreat it? Is there a way for me to pay you for it to just like stand and fight and then if I kill it, I get a tech? Now, I think the going rate for this, I, I try and start on the cheap end, I'll say, to $2. And if they go for it, then whatever, that's cool. But I'll probably, and I'm, uh, I'm, I'm going to try and not play Necro again for a little while, because I'm kind of <laughs> outing myself here. I'll go as high as 4 okay? <laughs> I'll pay 4 obviously. I mean, I, I think that makes sense that, I, that you would pay 4 unless I don't have 4 in which case, of course, I'm not going to pay 4 But, um. So yeah, I feel like that's that's the way it goes. However, to be honest, and I think some some people kind of default to paying for it. I do not default to yeah. paying. I think if 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 you if I can get to a thing that I can kill and it can't retreat, then I don't see why I need to pay you. Because the other thing is this: in this situation, I never really make it contingent on. I think it's a bit rich when people make these deals where it's like. As long as I destroy it, I'll pay you yeah. or something like that. Oof. Like, don't don't make the destruction. You you got kill the thing by yourself. I don't know. This is just a, like a weird honor thing I have. <laughs> but I tend to to pay people, and then they don't. And and the other thing too is you can kind of do it non-binding if you want. You could you could do like a or you could, or sorry you could do it non-binding and you could do it binding. You could say like I'll give you one for each instance that you don't retreat. That's also okay. Although hopefully that doesn't drain your bank account. Yeah. But, um, or, or you can, you can do a non-binding, like, I'll just give you this amount and then promise not to retreat, but they technically don't have to hold to that. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I just think like if I can win the fight and I can, and you can't retreat, I don't really see the point of negotiating. So I, I just don't, don't really do it in the, in in that, uh, in, in that point. And and the other thing too, is that like, yeah, you might make some people mad, but your necro, yeah. you have like the most valuable support for the throne and ceasefire <laughs> in the game. Yeah. Like people, people really want to be your support buddy because that means that not only uh, do they get a point, but they also get the the added benefit that if you want to come after their tech, it's going to cost a point, yeah, which is a lot. Yeah, and people are generally afraid of you. You generally have a plastic advantage uh, for basically every reason that we've already kind of laid out. Uh, I mean, if you're playing. Uh, the way I play, basically after round one, you're just taking trade and leadership every single time. Yeah. And you're either stalling leadership or getting a bunch of plastic. Right. And those are like the two main things that you do. I basically don't do anything else. Well, if we if we necro. compare if we compare Necro to SAR, which is the other faction everybody's afraid of. We're afraid of SAR because SAR builds efficiently. They build on the go, right? They don't necessarily... I mean, they, they get more money too. Sorry, they, they also get trade goods from every planet they take. So they are encouraged to just keep moving forward. Hit, hit, hit. 
and they don't have to leave anything behind. They don't care about their home system. So they're just always moving forward. They're gaining a little bit of money and they can have a forward plastic advantage. As Necro, you're not buying tech, which means your resources get to go towards uh, plastic advantage and command counters. So where you differ from SAR is you're going to have more command counters than SAR is. They don't have to worry about leaving stuff behind. And that's where those two things kind of hit in the middle. But you get to just spread out all over the place. You also don't really care about your home system because you're going to get infantry in the Alistair there. So you, you can abandon that and you can put more stuff even further on the front lines, which all means you have more stuff. You are scarier. You are inherently scarier, which means the idea of trying to pretend you aren't a scary faction all game and like always paying everybody and be like, no, I'm going to be a very, very nice conciliatory necro. That's nobody cares about that, especially by like round three. People have given up. Wow. On I think. Yeah, I'm going to I'm going to push back. Go for it. A lot on that. Uh, I feel like you're kind of you're kind of throwing a very popular way of I'm, playing Necro no, no, no. under I, the bus. Listen, let me, let me be more clear. I'm not saying don't ever negotiate. I'm saying don't do the thing you're saying, Hunter. Don't, don't just pay every single time. If there's no point in it, if you have the advantage, take it. Obviously, try to soften the blow a little bit. Explain that you're just doing it for the thing and don't, and don't send too much to where you're then going to just swallow them up. But you have an advantage here and you don't need to just give up money for out of the goodness of your own heart is my point yeah i th i think there is well yeah but I, I i think there is a middle middle ground here of essentially calling out when there there's no leverage on you so why would i need to pay for something but then also like trying to be as especially in the early in mid game being as upfront about what's going on as possible yes um because you you know no one in in twilight imperium can beat the table if the whole table decides yeah. you're no good and, and you're going so i think just being like aware of that and and trying to get like generally you know no one's gonna just like tilt go full tilt because you killed a destroyer yeah. that's almost never gonna happen well, hopefully. so i mean <laughs> i yeah i mean i guess it could happen but yeah i i i think that the i think the the nice necro is viable I, I don't think i i, I think if you decided you're going to pay for everything like that's not the worst thing in the world i just don't personally do it yeah that's not my style when it comes to it yeah so i, I mean i would say I don't, I don't hate on it as much as matt does but <laughs> i i just I, want i i just i like the point of don't negotiate when it doesn't matter i i think people overpay for fake moral points that don't actually net them anything in the game um and and i just see people overdo it too often yeah, I, but the other thing too is like, I mean, in a situation where you have the leverage and you give up just a trade good, yeah, maybe that gets you some brownie points that then actually in a non in a in a way that's hard to quantify goes a little farther in the mid game. I, I what I'm I'm not trying to um, evaluate that aspect of necro. All I'm trying to say in this guide is that that isn't how I do it. Right, right. I'm not saying it's a bad way to do it. I'm just saying it's not my style. Yeah. Okay, well, let's let's skip to the agenda phase because I think there's a little bit more we need to cover in what that... So we, we have on the board negotiation that we've been discussing, but we also have the fact that we can do this thing where we get people to vote for agendas and we get tech out of it and we can get tech that way instead. And that comes with a lot of negotiation baggage as well. So what is our agenda phase strategy? We only get to do this once 
per agenda phase. So how are we handling it? Yeah, there's a couple different ways to play it. I mean, you can you can obviously play it like the way you would any writer or whatever. Yeah. Um, you know, try and put it on the thing you think people want, so so they have to vote for it, and then you kind of ha ha ha. I got I I win. I get my tech or whatever. Um, or you can do that same thing, but with a different attitude, I guess. <laughs> so uh, where you're, you know, let's say there's an agenda that comes out. It's obvious the table, like pretty much everybody wants this one outcome. You go ahead and predict there, but then you say something like, hey, so-and-so, I was going to go in for a nibble over here, which is going to cause you to lose a thing. Would you rather just like go ahead and give me that tech right now where it doesn't really cost you any plastic? I'm probably going to get the tech regardless. So if it's especially like an agenda they already want, a lot of the times they'll be open to that. Um, so it just kind of, it kind of allows you to get your tech. It doesn't cost them plastic. It's kind of, you can kind of make it sound like a win-win. Now, obviously maybe they have two techs you want. So actually what's going to happen is you're going to get this one and then you're later going to, uh, attack the thing that you were talking about or whatever. Yeah. Um, but I, I just think there's a tone that you can go for with the prediction token where you can make it feel like it's a win-win for everybody. And, and that I feel like has had a lot more success than, treating it like you would uh, a writer. Now, obviously there's gonna be some games where you get too far ahead or you have too many tech and then people are going to treat it like Imperial. Yeah. Rider, right. Where it's like, <laughs> well, it's, it's poison, especially, you know, someone, sometimes someone like votes out the gate or whatever. And like, if that is, you know, if, if that's barony with NES, suddenly you copying a thing that barony voted for is a problem. Right. So right. if it's something th- that's the other interesting thing you can do with it, though, is you can sometimes cut people out of a vote. So if you're using it because you want to get the tech, there's all the things Hunter just said. If you're wanting to use it aggressively, there is that a- added bonus of sometimes it, it's useful for things like Shard of the Throne, where you want someone to, like, not vote. So, you you know, you pick Barony because Barony would obviously want to vote for themselves. But if Barony mm-hmm. votes for themselves, you're giving up NES. And so you get right. little things like that. So you can run blocker if you know what text to look out for and what people really don't want you to have, especially things like Arborex Latani 2 lets you build, you know, floating factory. So if, if you can, if you can turn into a new faction, people really, really don't like that. They're very afraid of you getting that stuff. Right. Yeah. So, I mean, it really just comes down to like all of the tactics that apply to riders apply to the prediction token, but there's also like even some extra things you can do with it. I, th- I think there's like a lot of different ways to play it. I will say overall though, in general, it is kind of weird that there is a faction in the game that doesn't really enjoy the agenda phase. Yeah. Like, yeah. <laughs> you don't really do anything. Yeah. I mean, it's a lot of just like, I tend to just like zone out a lot of the time, you know, especially if, if you use your prediction token in the first, sorry. Oh my God, this cat, dude. <laughs> Hunter and I are, I'm leaving this in because Hunter and I are both being attacked by our cats right now. In dude, the middle of the episode, neither of I us can get our like cats to leave us alone. He will not stop. <laughs> he is attacking my feet. He, he wants to sit in my lap and then he doesn't want to sit in my lap. He's like scratching my legs. Dude. This is like, in the episode. What do you want? <laughs> what do you want right now? Dude? While Hunter deals with Griffin, let's get into the mid game. Uh, the, the mid game for me is mostly about setting up for that late game, right? It's it's about we're scoring a lot of points without too much issue. Uh, there's plenty, you know, all the spend stuff isn't that hard for us. Uh, control objectives, any given round, we can stall the table out. 
and then take whatever planets we want. We can kind of do that all game more or less. Um, this is especially as someone pre-eroded, this is especially great like a round five. The round five leadership stall is just an absolutely terrifying thing. But in general, in the mid game, our goal is to get that flagship in our home system and get the stack of infantry there because not only does that just protect our home system all game, it allows us more freedom to get out and do scarier stuff all around the board. We get to just send all of our ships elsewhere and not worry about holding back too much at home. Uh, it gives you a major forward plastic advantage. Um, the other thing that you at least have the choice of is how hard you hurt someone. Hunter, you hurt some you you did some damage the other day in your game but i but at one point you pulled back uh you 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 kind of made deals with your asaral nemesis and walked away i wonder how much you regret your decision to walk away from that fight versus pushing yeah, I, it I, I i regret it i i you you shouldn't back off if you're if you're going all the way in to 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 really to really uh <laughs> Oh, thank God he's he's walking away. Finally, he just gets it that I, it's not playtime and that I'm not playing with him. Oh, my God, I'm having a meltdown. Okay. So, yes, if you decide in the mid game that you have to go hard on somebody, and I would say in general that it is not necessarily a great idea to on round three be like, I think it's a space risk game and yeah. I'm just going to go for it. Right. No. The in the game that you can watch on YouTube right now, I really get into it with Isarl, and it's because it's Isarl. Uh, he didn't have a lot of plastic, and my secret objectives were basically telling me that I had to go after him. Right. Um. It, one of them was that I needed both faction techs, and that was like one of the only ones available to me was Magion, and also it's a great faction tech, so yeah. like whatever. Um. But the mistake that I made was it's a Sarl. A Sarl has a very large action card hand, and I decided to pull back. Yep. And then that meant that for the rest of the game, I had this Asarl still in the game, not really enjoying himself. Yeah. Like he was very much behind. Uh, and he just has a full hand of action cards that he's willing to play against me yep. whenever. Right. Um, so I would say if if the way that your game works out is that you have to really go after somebody. You should finish the job. You have, yeah. You have the extra command counters. You kind of have the extra plastic. Sometimes you maybe actually can afford that extra action to just finish the job. Yeah. Whereas now people are going to be really scared of you at yeah, that point. Yeah. But there might not be a whole lot they can do about it. That's a lot of ground to have covered, yeah. and so they're going to have to. And then also you've got your flagship at home right. with you know where you've been churning out boys. They probably won't be able to get to you fast enough, to yeah, be honest. Right. Yeah, you, you are unique in that it didn't actually cost you a much of, of your, your total position to pull this off. It, it can be part of your strategy to, to do all of this. So that gets us into the late game. We are big, scary space riskers. Uh, we kind of already talked about, like, the. I, I wanted to cover the comparison of SAR or whatever, but... I mean, how, how far does the space risk go? How, how far will we go to take over the galaxy? <laughs> um, I mean, probably as far as the best of them, if not even better, if not even farther than that. <laughs> right. I mean, you, you probably are the best space risk faction at the end of the day. Um, the fact that one of your big advantages is like kind of nebula, like it's hard to talk about it in a vacuum, you know, like yep. what tech you'll have. Right. You can't, I, I don't, I don't even know how to start talking about that so it's a little easier 
little more tempting, I think, for us uh, to say like L1 or or Barony are like better because yeah. we understand what exactly their advantage will look like in every game. Right. But I don't know. I mean, I think I think the things that we know for sure about Necro would put them in that same position. And then there's this whole other thing that's like a huge <laughs> question mark that w- that is probably just going to help them be better than those yeah. other two. To be and, and what's hilarious so. about them being great at space risk is while being great at space risk, they're also maybe the best faction at every single stage to objective, or at least most yeah. of them. I mean, you you have great economy. Uh, if you want to have it, you can um, you're going to have great command counters. You can stall other people out and then take all of the big control objectives. So if you need six planets of the same trait, you can do you can feasibly do that because you can stall people out or you can get plastic in positions that hinders people from, you know, retaliating or whatever. You are really good at every single stage, too. So you you don't have that issue of if you went a little bit too space risky in the mid game. You can catch up because you're the only one scoring two pointers. I mean, you you don't necessarily have to score every single stage one. You probably will, but you don't even need it um, because that's how far ahead you can get in like every single feasible economy. You know what's really funny about Necro when it comes to two pointers, though, is that like, and I've seen this happen before, and and I guess I'm really only talking about one objective here, but it's still kind of funny to me. Is like, let's say two and four colors come out. Yeah. That's like not that hard for Necro no. to score in the late game. Yeah. However, in order for them to score it, somebody else has to be able to score it almost by definition. Like if they can't actually get two and four out of the whole table, yeah. which I feel like happens frequently because everybody will have like the same text or whatever, right. and they're all lacking like the same stuff, uh, then that's unscorable. So it's like they're good. And then also there's kind of this weird relationship that kind of goes on with them. Yeah, it's funny how uh, it always becomes like a green, not green, uh, a a yellow or a red tech inhibitor. I mean, before the Omega stuff, it was like, well, everybody only has plasma and nobody got Majin and nobody went further than that. So literally, it's impossible to get two and four colors for Necro because you can't get the next red tech. I've seen it happen with with no one has Graviton or Transit. Exactly, yeah. Like yellow and red. It really just just comes out of that. That's so funny to me (laughs) that, that that can happen to them. They're like so good at scoring this objective that basically like nobody can get except yeah. for jolnar yeah, nobody else is and allowed to get just a yellow like, well nobody wants graviton yeah. so sorry <laughs> gotta go home yeah uh the only other thing to point out is there are also positions you can get in in the late game especially if it's lots of spending objectives if, it, if it's spend command counters and have three upgrades or whatever necro can have mechatol rex your home system and someone else's home system and that's it like those three systems alone period you you don't own anything totally. else and you can very easily win with just those three things not only because you have like your economy on lockdown but because from those three positions if it's good enough fleets you can go take the control objectives you still need to go take right you you can even get the control objectives you aren't currently qualifying for in hunter's game he had a four planet swing into getting six planets of the same trait as Necro because he was able to yeah. stall and wait out the table and see how everything went and all of that. I mean, you, you can make major swings. So you literally only need Mechatol your home and someone else's home because you probably chewed someone up. Yeah. Or, you know, just depending on whatever. I just feel like the, the way it basically works out for them is, you know, in the mid game, they've, they're getting ahead on plastic even further and probably getting to the point where they can bully or negotiate their, however you want to, yeah, however you want to define it, <laughs> right. negotiate their way into uh, furthering that lead. 
And then in the late game, you just kind of spend that plastic on whatever you need. Yep. And you're basically always going to have the plastic to do it. Um, I, I feel like coming out of this guide, it's remarkable that it hasn't evolved to a point where people just like really go hard on Necro yeah. early game. Right. I feel like I don't see it because it's almost like everyone has accepted that it's impossible to outpace them without ruining your own game. Yeah. That's how solidly they are ahead when it comes to the economy of the game. It's it's akin to the Jolnar tech advantage. Right. Where it's just like there's nothing, there's no way we are gonna stop Jolnar from getting all of the tech. That you could maybe bully them, but you're not gonna stop them from getting things like e res yep. and stuff like yep. that. Those are like just accepted advantages that they have. Yeah, it's it's just a known variable. It's interesting to not see the meta fight against that as much as it could. You'd, you'd think Necro would be a faction that nobody deals with, but I guess that's why everybody else is like, "Well, pay me to take it. I'll I'll get as long right. as I can reduce your trade good total. Maybe the tech won't pay off for you. Maybe you'll overinvest in tech and you'll have spent too much of your units and your everything else. That's possible. Well, I I, I think in the base game, there's just not there's not really much of an answer yeah. to Necro in this way not, and we're not i'm not trying to say that necro is unstoppable <laughs> they're not it, it's but it's just like they have some very reliable advantages that it's not really clear how you stop them yeah. without some sort of table-wide coordination that seems kind of over the top and unreasonable right that feels like a great way to end the guy just just play them and get their stuff and win You'll pro you'll do pretty well. You'll be in a winning position most games. Literally at the end of the game, it's just going to come down to if other people can score before you because you are probably I mean, in a game winning scoring position. It's not. I'm not trying to make it sound like it's it's super easy. I think it's it's a little less. Uh, there there are more pitfalls than Joel Nar mm -hmm. even that you could fall into. You could take this plastic advantage and eat you know bite off more than you can chew. Yeah. That's still possible. I'm not trying to say that that's impossible. Someone could be like, I'm going after this home system and then this home system and just like, <laughs> right. but I think if, if you kind of go at the pace that we're kind of talking about in the episode, uh, even if you kind of like, you know, go a little, you know, maybe you don't like the tech round one pick or whatever, like you, you have like a completely different thing you like to do. As long as your pace is sort of like, I'm round three, going to start getting tech and then like just kind of focusing on, economy and plastic uh you'll be fine yeah. you'll you'll be fine you don't need us you didn't need to listen to this that's what, that's how i'd like to end it <laughs> go really read to, the magi thing you don't need us yeah read the magi thing we said it at the top and yeah. now we're saying it at the bottom and and, and you if you're listen listening to, this whole, to it here it, you, you should have listened to us before what a fool you've been <laughs> yeah. you should have fast forward to the prophecy of king spoilers like everybody that's else that's what the cool people do <laughs> is they fast forward to the spoilers that's what they do, okay? We got some errata to do, I think. Yep. All right, so we've got a piece of ghost errata right here from Zen Sufi. They say, Seems like trading the IFF for one or two commodities on the premise of then paying for specific usage of the IFF during the trade partner's next action is a viable and safe way to make that happen. That meaning like, how do you get the IFF in someone else's hands and then get them to play it so that you can get a um, wormhole right. in uh, a place that's advantageous for you? Um, 
they go on to say, the ghost player gets trade goods as collateral without costing the other player anything. If the other player decides to use the IFF for their own purposes, ghost still gets paid and the table sees how valuable the IFF can be for them, enabling mid slash late game trades at a higher price. Otherwise, ghost player, the ghost um, pays the other player to use the IFF according to their own designs, effectively washing that player's extra commodities, maybe paying an extra tax of one tax of one or two trade goods. Um, I, I don't know. It kind of depends on the timing of sure. Uh, like when is this happening? That, that's I the think trickiest part of this. I think this. round one, this can be really useful, but you're asking for a really specific person to have to sell the Creus IFF to and when they can pop it and when that popped in relation to trade and how long you're going to be neighbors. I still like it a lot and I like it as a mentality in general. We sort of had, we sort of waffled last week on like how exactly to pull off the IFF and settled a little bit on like, be careful trading it out because people can just hold on to it. Um, But as long as like you are getting paid a little bit of it and trying to have the condition of like, listen, you give me the money for it now, I'll give it right back to you plus interest for me to do what I want with it. And then you're just kind of protected on both sides. At least you got something for it if they do decide to hold on to it. This is the type of stuff that's like really kind of hard for us to comment on because this is so like meta dependent. Um, I don't know if in Zen Sufi, if in your group or whatever, or just with the people that you play with, that they would be, because I mean, in my head, it's like, if I get the IFF, it's like, well, maybe I'll just keep it. You know what I mean? Maybe I'll just keep it to the late game. Especially... You know, if I've got Lodor or Quan in my slice, it could be like really important for me to keep that IFF, yes. like could make yeah. my late game. Right, right. Easily worth the one or two commodities this Creus player just kind of offered it on the table for. So it's like, how mad are you going to get at me yeah. if instead of, you know, because the way Zen Sufi is wording it, it's like, you know, you sell it. OK, and then it's like, for sure, next action, yeah. you're going to play it for me or you're going to play it for yourself and it's like well what if neither happens yeah, like, yeah that's there's the no reason there. that that has to happen <laughs> yeah that I, I think that's all fair it's it's a good tricky way to use it but it is by no means uh a safe bet out of the it's not problem. foolproof now yeah. i will say though that that's some meanie meanie pie yes breaking and non-binding type of stuff yeah. but you know i mean i'm a new man and i'm an evil man <laughs> hunter now, will go there and you can't trust me <laughs> This is actually really sad that I'm doing this because next I have to play Arborek a bunch. Yeah, and that's so we're gonna bring you back. When you Hunter. play Arborek, you need everybody to be nice to you. Yep, we're gonna humble you, and we're gonna humble me. I'm gonna play Arborek too. Maybe, maybe I'll actually finally get maybe in the you game, will. and we'll both have played a faction for the guide. How fun would that be? Ooh, that does sound fun. Um, let's talk uh, Galactic Counselor poll. Um, so uh, it's been voted uh, the Galactic Council episode for next. For next time for november yeah. uh, i don't know exactly when it's happening it'll probably be right after we'll, the arbor it'll be two weeks oh sure from now that's really fitting uh because it's going to be the farewell ti4 base game episode yep. we are going to say goodbye to the ti4 base game in preparation for the prophecy of kings expansion we are near the end of the road yep. for this game in its current state which is very exciting i'm very excited for everyone to get a hold of prophecy of kings and dig their teeth into it it is here's my early review on it it's good um hunter donaldson fan club stream uh has been picked this will happen on november 7th which is part of our uh 24-hour extra life stream that we will be doing uh with the proceeds going to the arkansas children's hospital 
Um, that has been selected and it will be a TI4 Frankendraft inverted. This is a version of Frankendraft where you build a faction for someone else to play. So instead of building a wickedly good Frankenstein monster, like a Frankenstein monster with like a jetpack and missiles, <laughs> you know, you build a Frankenstein monster with like a toilet built into him and a Frankenstein monster with a, a beer hat on his head a toilet That's with it. no flusher <laughs> a toilet with a stopped up toilet strapped to his butt and then a beer hat people have specifically pointed out tea and this will be funnier next week when we get to talk about arborexum but like you can get the ability where you can't build infantry out of your space stocks and that that's the and that's, that's the ability that. that you have. And that's it. That's <laughs> that would just be the the game would be over for you. <laughs> yeah. Um uh other news uh for Space Kitties, the Space Kitty pin is finished. Um I believe I said this last week, but it's still in the mail. It's coming from a place I will not reveal where. Far, um the Weird Bear away. logo for the jerseys are still in progress. Um we'll probably be ordering those soon uh because we are getting close to the holiday season, which I would like to have them by then. So if you if you are on the fence about whether you want to be a weird bear or not, I think the cutoff for getting these jerseys before now obviously there's no cutoff on the jerseys at you know like if you if you sign up on Christmas Eve, yeah. you're, you're going to get a jersey. Right. But if you want to get a jersey before the end of the year, I'm going to say your cutoff is probably November. Yeah. To be honest, I want to try and get these out by Christmas time. They're, they're, and I'm going to write little Christmas notes. You know, well, we're going to write little Christmas notes, I should say. Matt, you're going to have to write some Christmas notes with me. Um, but that's my plan, to get these out around Christmas. So if you've been thinking about being a weird bear, uh, I if you want to get your swag before Christmas, I would say sign up in November. Yeah. Uh, and same goes for Space Kitties as well. Um, Twitch schedule. Uh, we'll probably play more stuff than this, but right now we're just going to say extra life on November 7th. Yeah. Please check it out. We're going to play, you know, this reverse Franken draft. We're going to play some root. We'll probably play some regular twilight Imperium. We're going to build. We have two PCs that we have parts for yeah. that we are going to build for a stream. We might just build one of them or both. I don't know. We'll see. Um, but we're going to build them in front of y'all and it's going to go from 10 AM to 10 AM, something like that. Yep. Um, and then on the YouTube, uh, we have the finals for the root tournament, which was awesome. It's crazy. We didn't even mention anything about it. We just got <laughs> done with it today. It was crazy good. Yeah. Um, we had Patrick leader of leader games, uh, with us commentating. Uh, it was great. It was hilarious. I was overwhelmed yeah. by it because I was doing the camera work and I was live mixing the audio and we still got a complaint about the audio <laughs> and so I don't know what we're going to do now. I think we're just going to do them silently yeah. from now on. Audio, there will be no audio streams from now on is the future of Space Cats, Peace Turtles. I want to thank our Weird Bears, Farganus, T.G. Welch, Brian, Bot, Bot, Callowin, and our Space Kitties, Naderade, Patience of the Virtue, Polyphone, Requiem, Rwise, Gaskio, Dark Jutsu, Absol, Istoria, Ready Action, Vision S, Brave Sir Robin, and Uncle Batty. You can find information about our patreon and to contribute to the show and help make things like future tournaments happen you can follow us on twitter at space cats pod you can get our discord information all on our website spacecatspeaceturtles.com and if you'll give us a five-star rating on itunes i will give you a big smooch if you like that if you want a smooch from me oh okay come and give me five-star rating and next time i see you this married man i'll smooch you you will kiss his married man lips yep. That's, well, that's I didn't. I'm not gonna. Them. I may not kiss their lips, but I'll kiss them. 
Darn it. Oh. I'll kiss oh, okay. him, darn it. Oh, <laughs> uh, we're talking about some Uncle Cheek Pecks, something like <laughs> yes, that. Uncle some Cheek, cheek Pecks from, from your weird uncle. <laughs> I've. It's time. It's the time of the show where people Ooh. care about, hey, everybody, welcome to the thing you fast forwarded to. We're so glad to have you. Uh, you it, know, what if nobody does do that and we just every week we reference those people but no one's doing that. They're all just diligently. Well, here's what I know. Listening. There are people that fast forward, check that out, then restart the episode. So oh, that's good. Hey, that's you know good. what? You're about to listen to a necro guide. I'm real excited for you. It's gonna. Oh, it's a well, good you know one. What? It's if a nice and case, long. Hey, on November seventh, we're doing extra life. <laughs> it starts at 10 a.m. Here are the games you'll see us to play: Ti Reverse Franken Draft, Root, Regular Ti, and we're gonna build some PCs. November seventh. 24 hours starting at 10 a.m. November 7th, Extra Life, November 7th. <laughs> November 7th, Extra Life, 10 a.m. to 10 a.m. I've got Prophecy November of King spoilers. Uh, first up, just a small, just a simple little thing, but I thought this was uh, apropos because we're talking about Necro today. Uh, there is a hilarious new system tile. Uh, the two planets in it are J-O-L Ear. That's G-O-L Ear. I don't know. It's J-E-O-L space I-E. I-R. J-E-O-L space I-R. J-O-L Ear. And the other planet is Akoen. A-C-C-O-E-N. They are both industrial planets. And fittingly for Necro, uh, they are both two, three planets. They are two resources and three influence on each planet the whole system tile is a four six overall so throw your two three math out the window two resources equals three influence these are perfect this is a perfect system hunter (laughs) perfect in every way balanced as all things Hmm. should be i mean there's not a good place to put a space dock so is it perfect i mean that's maybe not uh okay all right here's the real one here's the thing we actually care about i have a necro hero for you hunter Ooh, a necro hero. Do necro, does the necro virus, do they have heroes? <laughs> <Are> they? <laughs> that would be weird. In their culture, they have heroes? Right. That is a strange thing to, to put on a pedestal. For robots to do, you know? Like, why would they have that kind of hierarchy? Well, the, the theme, it's called the polymorphic algorithm. So maybe it's not like a single thing, but it is it is they achieved a certain uh, efficiency of code. The polymorphic algorithm is their heroic achievement that they have done, not not an individual. Ooh, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Uh, I like that. And its You're ability smart. is called Devour World. As an action, choose a planet that has a technology specialty in a system that contains your units. Destroy any other player's units on that planet. Gain trade goods equal to that planet's combined resource and influence values and gain one technology that matches the specialty of that planet then purge this card whoa that is a that is chock full of text (laughs) that's that's weird it's super weird weird. it's honestly it's not that good i mean it's a stall and it kills some ground forces I mean, you're going to try to target like a space dock and stuff, but you, it's got to be technology specialties. So you really have so many, so many options. If Necro's in the game, everybody else is just like, don't put space docks or PDS on technology specialty planets. It's not worth it. Well, there, you already wouldn't put a space dock there. You know what I mean? Like well, nobody's going to put a... Prophecy of Kings, tech oh, yeah, specs right. can end up in the weirdest of places. So yeah, they could even end up on a place that you didn't even know they were going to end yeah, up Yeah, it can happen late game. Yeah. <laughs> That's a good point. So, oh, man. Uh, but but yeah, this this is a juicy uh, kind of like basic thing. I mean, it's it for for Necro, it's just a handful of trade goods and a tech. But 
maybe mm-hmm. it's more devastating for the person that you're doing it to than than anyone else. I don't know. I don't know. Well, so the only the only thing that's kind of annoying to me about it is that you need to be in the system. Yeah, that's the thing. You right. got to get there and then destroy this thing. I don't know. There's there's some more. They didn't need a wild hero yes. anyway, so this is just kind of a nice extra. Right. Uh, I, I'm I'm with that. Nice nice little scaled back thing for a faction that was already very very good and doesn't need late game stuff. <laughs> they have it. They're yeah. all, they've got plenty, so they're gonna be just fine. Yeah, that's fair. November seventh. <laughs> November Saturday. 7th. Uh, extra life we're gonna be playing franken draft oh, oh, oh let's say the other thing let's say the other thing uh what's the other thing uh it's it's we're trying to we we set a goal for five hundred dollars uh oh, yeah, yeah if we if we hit the five hundred dollars during our extra life stream we'll have like a donation thing you'll be able to track it and all of that but if we hit the five hundred dollars on our stream if we raise five hundred dollars for arkansas children's hospital hunter and i will eat hot wings with um some of the hottest hot sauce you can mat uh can it's eat. called the bomb. the bomb i don't know if you know about it's called the bomb have you ever seen uh what's the hot wing show it's called, called hot ones hot ones you ever seen that one so that's it's like when they eat these hot oh, whoops <laughs> <laughs> sorry i get naughty thank you for listening to space cats peace turtles and thanks to ben prunty for the use of his music you can find more at benpruntymusic.com and benprunty.bandcamp.com. Pax Magnifica, Bellum Gloriosum. <laughs>